Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Three Points Podcast. We're mixing it up today. We're talking a little college football uh, preseason expectations going into this year. Um, we're here with Charlie Rose. Brady Ellenson cannot make it today. Unfortunately, he's traveling. So we are having our very first guest on the pod, Austin Slade. Austin, welcome to the podcast. How are we doing? I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me on. I know filling in for Brady is uh, some big shoes to fill, but hopefully I can help level up your guys' pod a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tall task, man. It's a tall task. But uh, and just a little intro, I know Slade, like we've been friends forever pretty much you know obviously like growing up through Bedner here at Iowa too but I would say when I'm evaluating like college football you are probably one of the like what most knowledgeable people that I know regarding specifically Iowa football but also just the college football landscape so with this call we really wanted to have you on just kind of get you know your understanding of everything and kind of pick your brain but um I know you've always been a big fan of college football yeah I mean like you said we've been friends for a while but I think that might be the nicest thing you've ever said to me <laughs> checks out uh honestly i thought you guys were having me on to talk about arsenal i heard brady oh. throwing some shade so uh i was i was an arsenal guy i am you didn't know that Saka. Uh, all right cut the episode <laughs> over. uh declan's great hair what are you talking about man i know i know there's you they started like declan rice no i think hey it. i'll take it i'll take it um <laughs> he's a handsome guy yeah. But uh, I know they started the year off a little rough, but I am I am excited for college football tonight. You know, the real night it starts. I know it. Week zero was last week, but we don't really mm-hmm. care. Um, yep, it starts tonight. Um, I think Bear. We grew up in Iowa. There is no. It's well known that we don't have pro sports. So like rooting for the Iowa Hawkeyes was like the closest thing I think I had growing up. Um, the regionality, mm-hmm. the rivalry of it. I think that's what I've always appreciated the most. And, um, I don't feel, I don't feel that same way about pro sports. I'm, I, I will say Charlie and I are lucky being bears fans and I don't get to say that very much. Lucky. Yes. We lucky are lucky being bears on, fans. You know why? Because we're one of the few fan bases that does have a real rivalry. I don't, we hate mm-hmm. the Packers and it's awesome getting to hate the Packers and we get to hate the Packers the rest of our life. But who do, who do the lions hate? Who do the Jaguars hate? Like they don't get that. So, the regionality, the rivalry, those are the two things that uh, bring me joy with college football. Yeah, and I would also echo that. And obviously being a huge Iowa fan growing up and you know just getting a chance to be at Iowa too, like that's always special to me. I think the thing that's unique to college football, I think, is like also like some, some like the pageantry that you get with it. And like just in general, like I love how there's so many different narratives. One, you know, and a lot that are like pretty exciting this year too, but – I think, you know, like when I think of college football, I think of all like the like special moments we've had sport in Iowa football and, you know, hopefully some more exciting ones today, but, um, or this season, but Charlie, I know uh, as it pertains to college football, you're a big Notre Dame guy, right? Yeah. Um, we'll get into this later, a little quick, quick Notre Dame talk, but actually, um, I'm, I grew up as an Iowa football fan as well, even being from Chicago, wow. suburbs. my, uh, my grandpa actually played there back in the forties. He played Iowa football. So um, always had a special place in my heart. My grandma went there too. So that was one of my teams growing up. So always been a Hawkeye fan, always followed. And like you said, I think, especially with college football, it's not just the game. It's, it's the whole game day. It's the atmosphere. It's like three, four hours before all of the tailgates. I love that shit. Um, the band at halftime, all of this, mm-hmm. like it's, it's way different than NFL. Um, and we'll get into it. The home field advantage, the fans, the student section, all that stuff. So I feel like it's totally different night and day from the NFL. Um, I'm a huge fan, and I'm excited. This is me. 
week one. Uh, I know Notre Dame was week zero last week, but we'll we'll talk mm-hmm. about that later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pumped, though. dude. Yet I did not know you had some Iowa Hawkeye football roots, man. That's super yeah. cool. I'll yeah. ask. Yeah, I'd love to hear a bit more about that um, as well. But um, yeah, so starting off here with Iowa football, um, as we're looking into this year, uh, obviously a lot of change from last year. Um, you know, bringing you know some new personnel. Um, I am personally have quite a bit of optimism, which, um, as it pertains to like this season, you know, I know new quarterback Cade coming in, um, you know, a lot of new people, not new faces, um, still having that strong defense, but yeah, I'm like oddly optimistic around like the offense specifically, even like Brian Ferentz's, um, you know, having him get a chance to kind of like call some plays and like really run the show here. But, um, are you guys in that optimistic time frame as well? Or kind of what are you guys' just general thoughts going into the season? Um, I, I think everything about this season is kind of built around the offensive line. Every Iowa football, our whole lives as we've known it, has been defense and running the football, and they haven't ran the football very well the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, getting Cade, like you mentioned, I'm a big believer too, but it, it doesn't matter if you can't block. I would love to rip Spencer Petrus to shreds and say that it's all his fault, but that's just not true. The The offensive line was complete nightmare. Um, they were all underclassmen. Our starting center last year, his he was a defensive tackle going into like fall camp. So he he knew nothing going into the year. That's why even the snaps to Spencer were bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it all starts up front. I know that what the defense is going to be. I know what our tight ends are going to be. I think I think I know what Kate is. So it's what what are the wide receivers and what are the off, what's the offensive line going to look like? So that's where I'm focused on. You know, early in the year. Um, as I start to like evaluate where we're at within the big 10. How's his health? Is he, is he ready to go? I saw a lot of rumors. Kate. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's up in the air. Kate Kirk says he's going to play if, if he's healthy. I think what the most likely scenario is you're going to see him play. He's going to go out there. The crowd's going to go nuts. They're going to get up 21, nothing. He's going to play 30, 35 snaps. They're going to pull him. Um, they're going to put in Deacon Hill, who is probably third string, but the second string has been out all fall with, an injury or all summer. So it's going to be Deacon Hill. I think who's going to take majority of the snaps, but you got to get Kate some experience. He hasn't played football in a real setting really since the college football playoff in 2021. So um, getting him back out there, you don't want your first game being at Jack Trice in Ames and your first game you know, two years. So, yeah, I overall though, like, I think I'm, I think this offense is going to like really produce at a higher level, which is not, difficult to do than than like last year obviously but just in general i think our offensive line is gonna be a little bit better i'm really excited about some of the, our skill position p- players with caleb johnson i know we got eric all in you know um also like you know some other transfers coming in from you know ohio state things and things like that and overall like just how tough it's been to watch iowa on offense the last couple of years i'm excited for it to really kind of like pop off and i know some of that's been um some of the personnel we've had you know at quarterback i think Cade's obviously a step up from that and I think that'll open a lot of doors, but I guess Slade for you too, like how much of this past like couple of years are you like emphasizing on like kind of like Brian Ferentz's performance or like where do you kind of like look going into the season offensively? Like what are your kind of thoughts on that? I don't, I don't think Brian's a football dummy by any means. He's, he's been coached. He, he worked with, you know, Belichick and Kirk and he, he knows football. The problem was the last two years he didn't, have the guys to do the offense he wanted or run the offense he wanted to run. 
Um, mm-hmm. If you re- if you want to go back and look at the Nate Stanley era, the offense was a lot better than you think. It just fell short yep. in some of those big games. Um, some of those losses were ex- extremely frustrating, excruciating, but they did put up points. It's night and day when you compare the first few years of Brian to the last two. Um, with that said, the not having guys, not having the talent, that falls at his feet. You guys know if Fran didn't have the guys, we're not like, oh, like he's he's running a good offense, but he doesn't have the players. Like recruiting's part of his job. Mm-hmm. Not evaluating the quarterback position properly on multiple recruits is his job. Missing on offensive linemen in the at a high school, not being aggressive in the portal, I think was maybe the biggest mistake going back to last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you knew what Spencer was, and you knew what the offensive line was going to probably look like, and they didn't really do anything about it. So that yeah. that is still his fault. I think I agree with that on like the recruiting aspect. I I do think like in terms of, like play con though, like I do think he like I think there were quite a few times last year where it's like oh that guy's open or like hey like we just that was a missed shot right there. Like I think from a play con perspective, like and that's one area where I think. I was really impressed just this offseason, like them being really aggressive in the portal, going and getting Cade, getting Eric Hall, um, and a couple of these other weapons um, to really, you know, help this offense out. So I would, and I think that's just one thing in general, like also think like Kirk Ferentz wise, like just being ultra aggressive and understanding, like coming to grips like this is the changing landscape of college athletics. And you don't have to, you know, start from ground zero. If you don't have quarterback, you just go get one in the portal, which we did. So um, I was pretty impressed with that, but um, kind of looking at the season here, I think the Iowa over under win total, I think it's eight and a half. Is yep. that right? Yep. All right. It was seven and a half. It's now eight and a half. It got bet up a little bit. People wisely bet that up. I was going to say, if I could get that at seven and a half for sure, I even kind of like it at eight and a half. I know, um, you know, a couple of tough games here um, in general, but uh, I, th- I still like that over eight and a half. I think that's something pretty attainable. I don't know what do you guys think. I, uh, Again, I'm I'm one of those like I haven't played football since high school. I'm just a, a bystander now. And like you said, I, it's not all on Petrus. I wasn't a big Petrus fan, um, but when you're getting shelled and I, I was I played in a bad team, and when you're getting smoked and getting sacked all the time, it's tough. You can't really blame the quarterback. Um, I do think the offensive line is better. See, that's why we bring Slade on. I didn't even know our center was a D tackle before. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's the stuff. I, why we bring him on? Here's another fun um, fact about him. He uh, has the the back squat record in the weight room. So he's stronger. He's as strong as like Tristan Wirfs and he's, oh, damn. he's just, damn. He, he just had never played center before. I, uh, I do think there were some times where, like you said, like, Oh, this guy's wide open. There's also some times where it was like, you're frustrated where it's third and seven and it's, we're running three yard hitches. Like yep. that's just simply like, Brian, you got to go to the sticks. Like that was, a, that mm-hmm. was kind of the frustrating part. But again, I agree. Like, you know, this Nicholas, like, I feel like for us, even in basketball, we we were like not hesitant in the portal, but we never really like you got to really make sure. And like even mm-hmm. with Iowa football, I felt like they they was always like homegrown. They built them up through like freshmen on, and they would like come up with upperclassmen and do well. So I think I agree 100. percent I think going to get these big time names like a quarterback, that tight end from Michigan, those other guy, guys from Ohio State, like you have to do that, or else people are going to pass you up. Um, I do think eight and a half is a good number because besides Wisconsin, and we could talk about them in a little bit. West is kind of weak. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I think Nebraska. It's going to take more than just right away with Matt Rule. Um, I think Minnesota is kind of in shambles with the coaching situation. Obviously, Northwestern. Like the West is gettable. I think it sucks that they have to play at Wisconsin this year. That's mm-hmm. going to be a really tough one. That's be um, tough. But I do think with their out like non conference and with the West being okay, 
Um, obviously, they have a. I think they played Ohio State this year. Or who's the Who's the big team they play? They play someone from the East. So we play at Penn State. State. Penn State, yeah. So that that one, I, I don't really have a good feeling about, but I think they can get to eight or nine wins um, based on that schedule, uh, as long as they play well and everyone stays healthy. Yeah, you brought up a good point with those those routes short of the sticks. Those drive me crazy. Uh, so I don't I don't want to make it sound like Brian's an awesome OC. I think he's probably average, and I think he had bad talent. But uh, I, if you're expecting Iowa to go out there and like like just take a bunch of aggressive shots they're not going to do that but i do think kirk has finally realized like brian's his his oldest son's career is kind of on the line this year if he doesn't make a change and so that is part of the reason i'm i'm bullish on the iowa offense too bear because it he has to he has to change or he just yeah it's family like you have Mm -hmm. to do it i think he's seen what happens if you keep banging your head against the wall year after year for the last couple of years. Um, I do think we'll get to see some of those weapons shine a little bit, but again, I'm not the, the for Brian to keep his job. I think he's got to average 25 points a game this year from Gary Bart is old, a former ADs like right. contract stipulation, which is kind of a joke in the first place. I wouldn't be mad if the new AD came in and ripped it up, but mm-hmm. uh, they scored like what? 18 points a game, 20 points a game, somewhere around there. So you get up to 25, I think is very doable, but again, that's not acting like you're lighting the world on fire by any means. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And like, I don't anticipate we're going to be always on this air raid, like get into big 12 shootouts by any means, but I think just having like a bit more of like a competent offense and like something that can be relied on instead of a hundred percent expecting like the defense to like, mm-hmm. either get like a special teams touchdown or like some sort of like defensive touchdown type of thing. So, um, but yeah, I know you guys mentioned big 10 West. One thing like just overall, like, regarding college football that I'm excited about specifically for this season. I feel like this is kind of the last go around for college football as we know it in terms like before of all this conference realignment really starts hitting. So like this is the last year of the big 10 West, which for a lot of people I'm sure are really excited about. I think this is also, I was kind of best chance here too. you know, yep. going, like to get to Indy, you know, before, you know, USC, UCLA and all these other PAC 12 teams are, you know, come on over. So um, I think Iowa has the, second best odds to win the big 10 West, but you yep. guys think are you guys pretty confident in at least having a shot to get to India or what are you guys thoughts? I I'll, I'll tell you right now. Um, if you listen to the bet GPT podcast, might give him a quick plug Plug to it. my pod. Um, Plug it. I, I did a talking Hawks, talking Hawks pod for an hour. So if you want to get real deep in the weeds, you can check that out. But uh, I did a game by game for the Iowa season. I had them going 10 and two. Um, with one of those losses being at Wisconsin, as Charlie mentioned, and then also at Penn State that Charlie mentioned. So I don't feel good about either one of those. The home field advantage thing is big, and uh, I just think the rest of the West is weak. I think Iowa State's having a down year. I think 10-2, and I think you have a a very decent chance of winning the West. It's at plus 260. Hmm. Yeah, plus 260 today. It's been floating around that number for a while to win the West. I think for for Iowa to get there, though, it's it's going to take Wisconsin losing another game or two besides that Ohio State game on their schedule. And so yeah. I can't sit here and pinpoint what losses those are going to be, but I, I do think it's it, Iowa has a very good chance of Wisconsin finishing nine to three. They have a new offense, air raid, that whole deal. It's not going to be a smooth transition overnight. So. Yeah, I'm basically saying I think it kind of depends on Wisconsin losing a game or two that maybe they're favored in. I saw something on Twitter that um, they're calling it the dairy raid. 
Like that's like the nickname for it now, like up at Wisconsin, which I think it's just going to be very interesting to see like Wisconsin, if they decide to like completely air it out like that, just cause I'm so used to watching like Iowa, Wisconsin as if it's just like two mirror images of each other. So if that's going to be like a completely different, um, you know, kind of matchup, I think that's going to be super interesting, but, um, but yeah, I know first year for Luke Fickle, I think that there's still gonna be some growing pains with that potentially, but, um, but yeah, pretty, pretty bullish on the Hawks this year to you know get a chance to get, get in Indianapolis and you know, compete for a big 10 title. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much any, you guys, any other thoughts on Iowa football, anything else you want to touch on? Oh, that's it. Nope. I haven't, I haven't gotten to Indy and, uh, I guess if you want to get into like a national perspective, I think yeah, I think the the interesting thing about coming into this year is you've got obviously all the transfers around the country, so you don't really know who's going to look like what. I think there's not a ton of great games this weekend, but you're going to learn a lot about what these teams have. You're going to be like, oh, I didn't know this guy transferred here, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But also I think the other big storyline nationally is the powerhouses, the Blue Bloods, they all have new quarterbacks outside of maybe a couple schools. Ohio State's got a new quarterback. Georgia, Clemson's quarterback's very inexperienced. I mean, you can kind of go down the list. I think really Bama, Bama has – yeah, they Bama have a four-QB battle going on. So I heard about that. Yeah, it's, it's a little interesting. I think Michigan probably feels decent because they have an actual quarterback. But I think those are the two main storylines that I'm paying attention to when I'm talking like national titles and things. Yeah. I, and I know that's kind of leads us into our next topic. Like kind of want to go around who we think is going to be making the college football playoff this year. Uh, Charlie, maybe start with you. Um, who, who's your four? Who do you got making it uh, to the college football playoffs? Yeah. Um, this is going to be kind of, it's kind of chalk, but I think that's just how it plays out, especially with this last year in the, uh, with the four team settings. Um, like Slade just mentioned, uh, I have, this is in no order. This is my top four, but I have Michigan um, making it out of the East I think with their quarterback play, JJ McCarthy is pretty solid, but also Blake Corum is, I feel like he's going to run wild. He's a beast. Um, so I have, I have Michigan getting out of the East um, or into the playoff as one of my four teams. I also have Georgia um, more of kind of an established quarterback than some like an Alabama type. Um, I don't really, I don't really buy any of those, any into any of those Alabama quarterbacks as of yet. Um, I think that Georgia wins their side of the SEC and then gets through. And then my other two teams, Again, a lot of this um, kind of comes down to even this weekend's game with the uh, Florida LSU, State LSU. Yeah, LSU Ooh. game. I, I think I'll, I might have to revert back, and, and depending on who wins that game. But I, I did a little research today. I, I really like Florida State. I think that coach is good. He's been there for a couple of years now, and I think the ACC is down like most years. Obviously, Clemson's still there. So I think if they if they win on Sunday, I think Florida State has a really good path to get to the top four. And then my fourth team, uh, I know you boys are going to like this. Hook them. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Big club is, is down. Yep. Um, I, I really like Texas. I think they have a favorable schedule. And even if they lose at Bama and, and they win the Big 12 and you have one loss Texas team, like that's a big name in, in the national landscape. It's really tough to leave them out with one loss. So I have Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Florida State right now. And then obviously some other big blue bloods. So right outside, but just to just to confirm, so this week one matchup, Florida State LSU, it's winner goes to the to the playoff for you. Damn near, no, I don't. <laughs> think, I, I'm, not, I'm not high on LSU. Not high on LSU. Um, I would slide somebody else in um, if Florida State lost, but if but if they win this week, I think it's it's smooth sailing. That's how bad the ACC is. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that's that's my four. I don't know about, what you guys got. I know Slade's a big Texas guy too. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got him or if he has them in their their top four as well. <laughs> let let me break it down like this. I have I have Georgia, and I have Ohio State as my two my, my SEC champ, my Big Ten champ. So when I looked at my third team, I came to the conclusion Michigan's probably going to go eleven and one, and I think they're going to get in. So I think you have two Big Ten teams. The fourth mm. spot is where it gets a little dicey. Uh, I had if you. In, in consideration, you know, you got Texas, you got whoever wins the ACC in either Florida State or Clemson, and then you have the possibility of like a Washington or a USC kind of sneaking in there, Notre Dame, who knows. But I am riding with Texas because I have Texas beating Alabama on September 9th in Tuscaloosa. Wow. And I have the not, over nine and a half wins for, for Texas too. I've pounded that with – I put my money where my mouth is there. Goodness. So you're all in on Texas this year. Bet, up, baby. Yeah, the Bet GPT pod. We are we are high on Texas this year. They have they are an underdog in only one game, and that being Bama. If they win that, they're they're basically a lock no matter what happens. I mean, they could they could go eleven and one. I think they'd have a good chance if they got in by beating Oklahoma in the Big Twelve title, whatever. I don't think they're gonna get penalized if they do lose to Bama. So I think they have they have a cushion to lose a game they shouldn't. And they can still win the Big 12. Whether or not that gets them in kind of depends on some other stuff. But I don't feel great about anybody in that four spot for the record. Yeah. Well, question for you. So with Texas, like, so what's different this year than last year? Like, because I know I had a chance to watch, you know, a fair amount of Big 12 football last year. Like with Texas, like, I know Quinn is coming back. But, like, I wasn't overly impressed with him last year. Like, what is the big jump now? Or, like, just on their roster in general? Like, what's the big shift with Texas? Uh, a part of it is the schedule. <laughs> I mean, yeah. let's be, let's be honest. They almost beat Alabama last year. They they played in a lot of close games, and I think that a more experienced team. I, I've always believed in Quinn Ewers as a talent. Um, I think he played banged up a good portion of the year. I mean, he he went down in that Bama game, didn't finish the game, and that's why they lost. And then I think they lost another game when they had a backup in. Um, I I think also I think they have a stronger backup if it has to go that way. Arch Manning. Um, so I think there's a lot. I think that Texas has been recruiting at a really good level. They always have, but I think it's it's gone up even a notch. And yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of it is your schedule. Interesting. My top four. I kind of I'll break it down similar way to Slade. So I have Michigan in as well. Um, I think they're Big Ten champs. Um, I also have Georgia. So I mean, I looked at Georgia's schedule. I think their toughest game is like at Tennessee, right? Outside of that, it's pretty, pretty like straightforward i think for the most part i know just with the sec east so um so i have them in i also have clemson i just i think they're gonna run the table in the acc i think an undefeated acc champs probably gonna get in um i think their toughest game is gonna be florida state but that game's at home so i think i'm gonna be back in them and then my fourth team i went the other way i went lsu so i think what we're gonna have i think i feel like this happens most times like towards the end of the year there's a team who maybe loses in the championship game. And then it's like, does that really knock them out versus a team who stayed at home? Whether, whether that's like, you know, so like let's say LSU loses to George in the big or in the SEC championship game. Like, is that as much of a knock versus Ohio state just sitting at home? Cause they didn't. So mm-hmm. um, I had LSU in my two teams. I had out um, Texas. I had Texas out. And then I also had Oregon. I think, I think unfortunately the PAC 12 is just going to cannibalize itself again. Uh, I think there's just so many like, pretty solid teams there but um yeah it sounds like none of us went for any pac-12 teams at all like no usc no nothing um you guys have any like insight into that or anything 
I just don't believe in USC's defense. I think Washington is good. I don't think that they're good enough to go undefeated, and I think they probably have to do that to get in. There's always some of those games in the Pac-12, too, where I feel like you're not you're not out. It's like 11.30, and you wake up next day, and you're like, oh, shit, Washington. Yeah. Oregon State beat somebody. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Pac-12 after dark, man. There's like six good teams in the Pac-12 this year, and so I do think, as you said, they're going to cannibalize themselves, and they're all going to kind of – get pushed to the side yeah yeah well and i'm i'll be interested to see how that all plays out in the pac-12 because i know obviously caleb williams has a bunch of hype with usc but i do think that's going to be a tough road and kind of the same with just like the big 10 east too like uh, i'm not as high on ohio state i know ohio state's ohio state they're always going to be you know really solid but kind of like you said like never seen this quarterback before i think penn state's a lot better than they have been in years past um because i think penn state has a new quarterback right there's yeah, some so, new, like hype around him so just some background the, the two quarterbacks duking it out at ohio state they did name kyle mccord the starter yesterday but they have two five stars that are that are battling for that spot um kyle mccord's still like seventh i think in the heisman odds like people are still really high on him even though they've never seen him or even knew he had the job um mm-hmm. penn state's quarterback drew aller he was the number one qb recruit out of high school in 2022 He's six foot five. Oh, wow. He's like 250 pounds. He's a man child. Um, but again, we haven't seen him play. You don't know if this is another Hackenberg situation, you know, the prodigy and all that. So, um, like I said, the quarterbacks are really going to decide, I think, that fourth spot. And you could go a ton of different ways. You could talk yourself into Quinn Ewers. You could talk yourself into Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr. But, Bear, I want to go back to what you said about Clemson making the playoff. I, yeah. I have put some money on Clemson's over nine and a half. Um, okay. you're going to be laying some odds. It's like minus 188. I have them easily hitting that. A big reason is uh, they took TCU's offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley. Yeah, they uh, did. Younger brother of Lincoln Riley. He's going to be a future head coach. He took Max Duggan from the bench to literally second in the Heisman. That guy got cut in the NFL this week as a seventh round pick. He's not that talented. He got him to new york as a whoa, 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 whoa you whoa, heard me whoa, whoa you don't have to whoa. hear it from me but listen to the nfl <laughs> <laughs> um well and i agree i mean i so i watched a lot of tcu football for those of you who don't know my fiance emma kate she graduated from tcu so we watched a ton of tcu football last year and kind of like watching that offense versus like the iowa offense every weekend was like just night and day it's like two completely different sports pretty much yeah. but um but to your point like what they were doing offensively. I mean, obviously they have a ton of skill and ton of talent, but they were putting up a ton of points as one does in the big 12. But I think that's going to translate really well um, in the ACC here with Clemson and kudos for Dabo for going and get somebody outside the house a little bit. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm high on Clemson too. I just think I just see them going undefeated and undefeated ACC champs going to go in, but Charlie, what say you? One, one last thing. I, like I said earlier, I, I just think, especially in the big 10, the SEC and, Usually it's been SEC top conference and then Big Ten and then maybe Pac-12 and Big 12 underneath that. I think the Big Ten has kind of closed the gap this year where they're equally a top conference compared to the SEC. But I also think, like, I, I'm back on the Michigan train. One, because at, last week they host Ohio State this year. And mm-hmm. going in the big house is one of these, like, I know you're a five-star recruit, but going in the big house is tough for any quarterback, especially a first-time, first-year quarterback. So I, that's why I leaned Michigan this year. They, they got to host. But also – um, I wouldn't, I, I'm not a huge Michigan fan and I think I'm yeah. not a big Harbaugh fan either. Like he also, his whole thing where like he self-imposed a three game suspension. Yeah. Get out of here. That's so weird. That's so big of you. Thank you for doing that. Three, like, three, three joke opponents. If we're being yeah. honest about it. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. like they were doing the big 10 play. I would respect it a little more if you actually had something to lose in those games. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of him, but I'm going to, I'm taking him and I'm going to bet on him. <laughs> so Barry, yep. are you, are you riding the Cade club, Nick long shot to win the Heisman, the Clemson quarterback? So if we're talking Heisman talk, I actually have a dark horse Heisman of Bo Nix. Oh, okay. I, I think a redemption I just, story. Exactly. From rags to riches back to it. I think like just out in Oregon, I think he's going to have a good season. He's a bit more mature. I think if they can really like make a playoff push and make like win the Pac-12, get into the playoff potentially, like I think he's going to have a very strong shot, and I think he's set up in a good situation. So he's kind of my dark horse, I guess, like Heisman pick. But yeah, I mean, if you have, I think any quarterback that's going to lead an undefeated team, they're always going to be in consideration. So a um, little unproven, but within that system and against the opponents they're probably going to have, I'd expect some big numbers from Kolobnik for sure. Yeah, I I think I think Caleb Williams is the best player in college football. I want to put that on the record. Um, nobody has won. You. Nobody has won back to back Heisman since 1975. So when you put that in context, and I always try to remind people, like when you're voting on awards, you're voting on what you think another human or a group of humans that are like journalists or whatever are going to do. The storyline matters. The narrative matters. Keep that yeah. in mind when you're betting. Um, I, I do I do have a small amount of money on Club Nick as a long shot, but I have one longer shot that is Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he's the I think him and Kale Williams are the two best players in the country. I think he's gonna be a top five pick. I think his numbers are gonna go crazy this year. If Ohio State goes twelve and zero and then wins the Big Ten going thirteen and zero, and like we've all said, that we don't even know who their quarterback is yet. It's not gonna be a situation where it's like, oh, he's made by his quarterback. He had Stroud, whoever. It's going to be like, no, he put up those numbers with a good, not great quarterback, and that's going to carry a little more weight. We've seen Devontae mm-hmm. Smith, that wide receiver, win a Heisman. So I think that's a long shot, but I, I have Club Nick as well. Um, I, I like those two, but uh, typically the Heisman is going to be someone that we're not even thinking about yet. So I, I like to keep my options open and kind of see what's out there, you know, week two, week three. Yeah, no, I think that's a good call out and something we can – I agree. I think usually like towards like the middle, of, like after like a few games, someone kind of cements themselves or elevates themselves that we didn't think about. So um, moving things along, I think now we would like to go over our like future bets that we like going into this year. Uh, so I will start. I saw the line for Oklahoma is nine and a half, which seems absurd to me. I know obviously like Oklahoma is like, a, like traditionally have like has like a really strong like program, but based on their you know, year last year, kind of looking at their schedule, like I think that's still a really high line to essentially have the same as Texas or like any of these other big schools um, based on the performance last year. Um, last year in the Big 12 for them, I think everyone's going to have a little bit more juice playing them. Same with Texas, but I think they're far less talented than Texas. So um, yeah, looking at their schedule, Oklahoma has to play Texas. Um, Oklahoma, They play Oklahoma State for potentially the last time. So I think that's going to be a tough game for them. And then finishing out with BYU and, o- and TCU as well. So I just, I think there's three losses in there in that schedule. And um, that's one that I'm going to be looking at for sure. I like that. Um, I think going, I, sticking with the Big Ten, this is, you're laying a little odds here too, but looking at Wisconsin's schedule, there's no way they don't win nine games. There's, I get like you can have really? like this new regime, air raid, whatever. They can work on that throughout like their crappy non-conference and every single big 10 game that they have is like the whole big 10 West, their hardest game they have at home. Like they, they play a really bad non-conference. They play Iowa at home. Obviously Ohio state's also at home, but that might be more of a loss. 
Um, I'm a big I'm a big believer in Luke Fickle. Um, I think he's he brought a lot of guys with him. This Mordecai guy from SMU is good. It's gonna be totally different. I think they also didn't lose everyone. They have those big beasts, so offensive linemen, and they can still run the ball. Um, but if there's 12 games, I don't see them losing more than two. So that gets them over eight and a half easily. So I have Wisconsin over eight and a half wins minus 140. That was this morning. I really, really like that. That's probably my favorite. And then obviously we're, we're all taking the Iowa over an eight and a half. We yeah. said that earlier. We love yep. that. But I think another one, um, and I have, this is also, we discussed again, but Texas over nine and a half. That was Jeez. minus 42. I have um, it, yep. Not the lo- most lovely odds. I mean, you're, it's a little less than even, but I still think looking at the Texas schedule, like I only see one, maybe two losses on there if, as long as everyone stays healthy and they play to their capabilities. So those are my three locks. I love Wisconsin this year, love Texas, and obviously we got to root for our Hawks. Charlie, just to go back to the Wisconsin point, how much of that is biased because of all the cool TikToks and videos of the gym that they've been <laughs> posting on their social media? Like how much of an influence has that had on you? For the basketball or the football team? For football. football. Have you seen those? I have not. They did no. like their own rush video, like like sorority rush video and oh, all this. God. They were, yeah. they were they singing have, like – Oh, man. I, I, I do think they're really good. So you, um, you have I, them going to the Big Ten Championship over I Iowa? do have them going okay. to West. Yeah. Just, be, just like we said, I feel like a broken record, but them getting to host Iowa, it's not going to be the what, – what was it that year we went undefeated? Did we 2015. Win it, it yeah, it's nine to six or something over there, like some crazy. <laughs> There's gonna be points. Um, I think it'll be more fun with McNamara and, and Mordecai. It'll be more points, but I do think um, Camp Randall's a tough place to play. So I think they, I think they got the West. Yeah, but they're at least getting eight and a half or nine wins for sure. Okay, well, thank you for clarifying. Uh, I hope you're wrong, but I understand why they're the favorite. Um, their schedule is very nice. I'll give them that. Um, I like I, we already mentioned Texas. We mentioned the Clemson overs. I'm taking both. Uh, I live on the East Coast, so I, one team I've paid a little more attention to since moving is NC State. They win like mm. eight games a year. Their lines at uh, six and a half. I, I I mentioned that on my pod too. I, I really like that play at over six and a half. They just got a transfer quarterback from Virginia. He he had a down year in 2022, but in 2021 he threw like 30 plus touchdowns, 4,500 yards, like. He was a guy. They brought in his former offensive coordinator that you kind of pair them up and hope that they can uh, make it work. So I'm, I'm really high on them. Their defense only gave up one more point per game than Iowa, and I think that means something. Hmm. Um, they play an ACC schedule. They only need to win seven games, folks. So that's that's what I'm riding with. Um, I also think it's interesting that nobody here has mentioned Alabama for the playoff. I think that's probably the first time in a while that you can get three different people to say that they don't think Bama is going to make the playoff going into the season. So I just want to get some thoughts from you guys on that before I tell you my play. Yeah. I overall, like it's hard for me to really evaluate Bama just in the sense. I don't even know who their quarterback is. Like they yeah. have, like they have, they haven't named that. I know in the past, like the Alabama bowl is just really dominated in the fronts, like in the fronts, like on, on the offensive line, defensive line, like always dominating there. They have not been as dominant lately. I think Georgia's obviously better. I think that game against LSU is going to be like pretty decisive, but on the whole, like I just think other teams are like catching up ground on them a little bit. So, um, so no, I have them losing to LSU and then just not getting a chance to, um, you know, make the, make their case in the conference championship game. So you think an 11, one Bama wouldn't get in? Not over, over an 11 and one, like let's say Ohio state. I don't know. 
that's where it comes into conferences, like how deep they are and, and who they lose to well, or whatever. If, if Bama goes 11-1, and one, let's say, they'd have to play Georgia in the SEC title right. game, so it'd probably work itself out. But I took Bama under 10 and a half wins. I got, I've been getting shit on for that. Um, I, the thing is, guys, it's, it's minus 188. So Vegas agrees with me, and like that's why I'm not getting great odds. Um, I told you I'm taking Texas to beat them. I mean, it's a slight edge, very, very, very slight. Like, if they if they win, I'm not gonna like be super distraught about it. But um, they do play LSU, and like you guys said, there's four quarterbacks. They brought in Tommy Reese, the former Notre Dame offensive coordinator. Who Boy, I, <laughs> I know he was kind of contra- not controversial, uh, polarizing a little bit. I know a lot of people loved him. A lot of people thought he wasn't great, and now he's going to Bama. So Saban must believe in him. Uh, they have a four quarterback battle. Um, there's like one of them is like a true freshman. Two were like on the team last year. And then they brought in that Buckner or whatever from Notre Dame last year. And I've, I don't think he's very good. And if Saban is bringing in a transfer quarterback to add to that battle, that tells me he doesn't have much faith. So I think, I think expecting them to lose two games is not anything crazy. They still play Tennessee's and things like that. A&M who might be better this year. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a Georgia on the regular season schedule, but I do think that they're going to be in like four or five toss-up games. So dropping two is not crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at their schedule right now. From week two to week five, they have number 11, Texas, number 22, Ole Miss, number 23, A&M, and number 12, Tennessee, four weeks in a row. Yeah. it's And they also have to play LSU. Um, that's a really tough schedule. I, th- I can totally see that happening. I'm obviously as an ND guy, I wasn't high on Buckner where he worked with Tommy Reese before and there were so many quarterback draws and he was more of a running player than a, a like a quarterback. And like you said, Alabama's Alabama. They're going to have five stars all across the defense and on the offensive line and receivers and all that. They're going to be a good team. But like, I think like having this be this late in the game and having Alabama not know who their quarterback is, they definitely don't love him. Yeah. Um, that situation. So I can totally see that happening. Yeah. One other uh, one that I did like, um, I did actually, I like the TCU over seven and a half. I looked at their schedule. Oh, of course. Oh, listen, yeah, sure. Listen, listen, I'm listen. He listen. didn't listen to the pod, man. See, if he yeah. didn't say this, if he didn't say this, Emma Kate was going to hit the road. Exactly. So he had listen, to. Listen to their first six games. Colorado at home. Nichols at Houston. Then SMU at home. First two Big 12 games. West Virginia at home and then at Iowa State. That's so that's to me that's five, six right there. Five six, yeah. Five, five or six, and then so they have to win two between BYU, Kansas State. It's obviously a little bit tougher, but two of their next six to finish the year to get to eight wins. I think with a really soft non-conference, and I do think they're going to be at least middle of the road in the Big Twelve. So I think eight wins is eight or nine wins is pretty attainable. So um, that's one I'm looking at, but looking ahead to Week One. Um, what bets do you guys like um, here going into Saturday? I hate to say this after just making fun of you, but I do have TCU uh, yeah. winning by over 20 and a half against Colorado. I, uh, I'm i not a believer in Colorado. I know that everybody wants to talk about them, They the whole Dion thing. Their offensive line, their defensive line is not going to be good. They got a lot of transfers in at the skill positions. I'm taking TCU because I think they're going to put up just a shit ton of points and they're going to they're gonna run away with it a little bit. So. I have TCU uh, 20 and a half. I've got a handful of others, but I'll let you guys go. And then I'll just rapid fire them. Sure. Charlie, go ahead. 
Yeah, I only have a couple for this week. Actually, one before the weekend. I do have Nebraska plus seven and a half. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not high in Minnesota. I think there was like a, stories coming out about the coach this summer. Um, the players not loving him. I think that's they getting a touchdown is is pretty big. Week one, it's kind of a toss up game. Um, conference game. I like a, a Nebraska plus seven and a half, and then I got two more, which is North Carolina uh, money line minus one twenty eight. At this uh, state rivalry, North Carolina, South Carolina, I think that May kid is really good. Um, I think that they can win that one. It's kind of almost a toss-up game there. And then my last one for the week, like I said before, I'm on the Knowles train. Their money line is plus 112. The game's in Florida, so I think that helps them a little bit against LSU. Um, Again, both really good quarterbacks. I know LSU quarterback is one of the Heisman favorites, but I think that Jordan Travis from Florida State had a pretty good solid year last year, another year in the system, and he's one of the Heisman favorites too, so – I got them pretty much just because it's almost a home game. So that's plus 112 plus money on Sunday night. So go Knowles. I am actually going to zag on that. I took LSU money line. I think um, – I just like overall I think they're going to have a good start to the season. I think it's minus 134. Um, but that's one That's one that I had circled. Um, I just think they're a bit more talented and would be excited to see that. Um, yeah, and I actually – I do like Iowa. I think it's minus 23 and a half right now against Utah State. I just think I think they're gonna come out and really run up the score for a number of reasons to Brian's score a lot contract. of points. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's gonna be a lot of incentives to do that. Um instead of just kind of like, you know, run out the clock type thing, which I'm sure they will in some capacity, not like showboating or anything. But um I just think if they can, they're gonna get a chance to you know really extend that lead. So um so that's what I'm going with. Um only other kind of like last things you guys have any like su- surprise teams, any teams that you think are gonna maybe like pop this year that have been a little disappointing or vice versa. I, I have a team. This is interesting. I, I, ignore their line. Their line is kind of high, but I'm, I think a team that you're going to see hang around the top 25, but isn't very good is Louisville. Uh, huh. I don't know if you've seen this. Their schedule is awful. Is I'm it? not kidding. It is awful. It is. They play an ACC schedule. No one good in the non-con. They don't play Florida state or Clemson. So, if they if they don't win, if they aren't hanging around the top twenty five, they're just terrible. Their their schedule is the weakest in the country by like every single metric you can think of. So don't be surprised if you have a, a fraud hanging out in the top twenty five. But um, we'll wait. We'll wait to see what they look like. Um, that's my that's my team just to kind of watch as like an experiment. Louisville. Okay, I did not have that on my bingo card. I love that. It's great, Charlie. What about you? I uh, I mean, all my over-under-achieving teams, we've kind of already covered. I'm high in Wisconsin and Texas this year. And then I just think next week I might be eating my words, depending on whatever happens on Sunday night. LSU or FSU, I think whoever wins that game is going to hit get the train running and, and go from there and maybe be a one-two loss team. But I also think one sneaky team that I saw is Michigan State. Their line is five and a half. Um, is it really? And I was five and a half wins. So, like, Mel Tucker is a he got a huge contract and I think he at least gets him to a bowl game. They have a pretty weak non-conference. They play some Rutgers, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Like obviously, like they are not favored in those big Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State games. But I think they play at Washington too, right? They come. Yeah, they so, come to Iowa City. Yeah, they do. Okay. Maybe maybe I should take that all back. <laughs> I, I just think that he's got some big recruits. Um, They're I mean, talented. Yeah, they should be okay, but I still think now I hope if you're coming to Iowa City, I hope you fucking pummel them. All right. There you good. go. I take that back. Thank uh, you, Charlie. Another 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 Big Ten team that is getting a lot of like national talk is Maryland. They're sitting at seven and a half. 
and like it's very polarizing this line i think it's you got yeah little tua who is kind of a spark plug he can he can chuck it around but he also throws a ton of picks i can't get that 2021 game out of my head where he threw five picks against iowa in that friday night game um i they haven't hit over eight or they haven't hit eight or more wins since 2009 so i'm i'm staying away from it but um, they also they obviously have the East schedule with you know Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. So I, I'm staying away, but I do think there's some upside there. They recruit a lot better than you would think for Maryland. I I feel like they're one of those teams where like if I found like I turn on a game late in October and they're like up seven against Michigan and like late in the fourth, I wouldn't be surprised. But I also wouldn't be surprised if I turn it on and they're like down two scores to Indiana. Like, yeah. I feel like there's like so many different outcomes with them, but um no i i've seen some buzz around that i my other surprise team that i'm kind of interested to see i went texas a&m like i think i mean just with like how much talent they have i know obviously they had a disaster season last year but i'd be interested to see like just if they can kind of bounce back a little bit more and just with how much money has been put into that program like i feel like they have to have some results obviously with jimbo there so um i'll be interested to see that as well but yeah i think that pretty much you know covers a lot of our college football talk i'm super excited for week one to get rolling here um, whoa, whoa, whoa. i still have some plays to give for this week i weekend. forgot slate has seven more plays that he'd like to give out. all right all right go here we it. go uh rapid fire south carolina yep. unc charlie mentioned rivalry game that's played in charlotte i was in my backyard it's a neutral site so there's no home field advantage for anybody bear you know about bank of america stadium but oh, I, I know all too well i'm taking under 64 and a half uh, that is a large number. There's new clock rules this year. This is a big thing that people who are betting need to know. Mm. It's NFL rules with the clock. Um, if you're first down, the clock will run, even just just like it does in the NFL. That's going to shorten games. There's going to be like probably a dozen plus more less plays per game. So keep that in mind when you're betting. I hate that, by the way. I don't like, like who it either. For that rule. I hate that. They say it's for player oh, safety, but it's not. It's not. Um, so I, I took the under for that. Um, people are obviously going to talk about Drake May, who's probably the second best QB in this draft, and Spencer Rattler. Um, but rivalry games, I feel like there's defenses might step up a little bit. Um, if I had to pick a winner, I'd take South Carolina, but I don't feel confident either way. Um, I also have Washington uh, over Boise State, 14 and a half. Uh, winning by more than 14 and a half, I think they're just a bad matchup. I think Michael Penix is the real deal and a has a chance to be a real Heisman candidate. That's Washington is also my Pac-12 champ. Um, and then in terms of tonight's slate, I agree with you, Charlie, on the Nebraska um, plus seven. And then I also am taking the under in Florida, Utah tonight. So those are a handful. I've probably got a ton more. Washington State under this weekend. I could rattle them off, but um, I'll leave it there. Um, and we can all make some money. Love that. Uh Slate, before we go, do you want to plug your podcast again? I know you mentioned it a couple times. Yeah, but. it's the Bet GPT podcast. You can find us on uh, Twitter, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, anywhere. We had Austin Ash on today. You guys came up. Um, I asked him uh, if it's oh. true that he's the most popular uh, walk-on in the Fran McCaffrey era. You guys will you have to tune case. in. You have to tune in to see his answers, but uh, Charlie may not like it. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yeah, it's it was fun. We had him on. We, we we talk on our pod. I know you guys talk a lot of soccer. We talk. We try to cover everything. I'm not a huge soccer expert. I've I've learned a lot listening to you guys. So I appreciate you having me on. And um, yeah, I hope we can do it again. Yeah. 
Well, Slade, thanks for coming on. Everybody, hope you have a great first weekend of college football. We're looking forward to some of these games getting going. We'll be back here next week. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.